warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program. Britannia podcast, a very British podcast about very British movies, with just a hint of professionalism. Good morning, Scott here. It's one of our Hammer episodes today. We deliberated and hummed and hard over this one as to whether to include it, but I think we've made the right choice. With me is my co-host of the usual podcast, Stephen. Good morning. Good morning, Matt. And joining us because it's a Hammer. Hello, Mark. Good morning, Mark. Hello, hello, hello. Did we deliberate or did you just decide? No, you decide. There's no democracy here. Forget it. Is it worthy one of One man, one vote, and he's the one oh, man. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I think it is. Because uh, it's A, it's a Hammer film, and B, it's got Terence Fisher directing, and C, it's got Jimmy Stankston writing yeah. the script. So I think all of those things make it worthy. I will say, though, when uh, we're doing, on my podcast, The Good, The Bad, and The Odd, we're doing mm. Hammer. We're way, about, you know, we're way yeah. further along. But I didn't specifically didn't do this, because I kind of remembered... It really wasn't what you think about when no. you think early Hammer. But I'm happy to visit it with you guys. Yeah, it, I think it's worthy of inclusion, Stephen, don't you, mate? Because it's it just looks like a Hammer. Then it, it's got Christopher Lee in it and Jimmy Sangster and all those guys that we sort of associate with Hammer, apart from the score, is not George Bernard in this particular case. But it's not gothic horror, but it's sort of worthy of inclusion. I'd uh, agree, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got all the elements, in fact, more of those elements than some of the uh, ones that we would traditionally say mm. uh, were fully within the, the camp, as it were. And, I mean, it's, you know, it's got all those individuals that you've, you've said along with Christopher leaving in there and it very nearly had Peter Cushion in it too. It would have had the full set in that sense. I understand where people are coming from when they say it doesn't quite sit in the same way because it is a bit of, it's an oddity in, in, in a way it's not, you know, high camp gothic as, as people usually expect. Yeah. So, so much yeah. like yeah, and I think the other reason for my decision was uh, Hound of the Basketballs was just before it in terms of the chronology. So I didn't want two non-clearly early Hammer movies mm-hmm. back-to-back on mine. Right. So I preferred Hound of the Basketballs to this in, uh, in, in terms of doing it, you know. Yeah, in a way, it's probably more worthy of inclusion than Hound of the Basketballs. Yeah, yeah, Really. Is. Yeah. It's only the fact that it's it's the classic Lee Cushing partnership in Baskervilles that you know that we decided to do it. I think so. I I quite enjoyed it. Let's play the trailer, and we'll be back after this. Who must kill to live? He is a hundred and four years old. Your eyes? What's wrong with your eyes? Yes, look at him well. This thief of time, this man who could cheat death, who knows the secret of immortality. I've been taking this fluid every six hours now. It's madness. It is what keeps me alive. So you see, you must operate. You 
know what will happen if you don't. Yes, you will die. Liar. Cheat. Murderer. Offender against nature and God. See the liquid that cheats death. See what he steals from the tissues of his victims so that he may never grow old and never die. No, no. No, don't. Anton Differing is the man trapped by his own fearful invention. Hazel Court, the girl who knows his love, but not his shocking secret. For sure, I love you so much. Christopher Lee, the doctor who gleans the monstrous truth and must submit to blackmail to save the girl he loves. If you perform this operation and perform it successfully, I shall release her. If you don't perform this operation, or if anything should happen to me while you're operating. Janine will not be seen by you or anyone else again. Okay, The Man Who Could Cheat Death, released in the UK 1959, directed, as we say, by Terence Fisher, written by Jimmy Sangster, starring Anton Differing, Hazel Court and Christopher Lee. The synopsis, Doctor and amateur sculptor George Bonnet has discovered a murderous method of maintaining his youth. Once every ten years he murders a young woman and removes her parathyroid glands to replace his own. But after 104 years he's run into some problems. His collaborator is now too old to perform the surgical procedure, and a detective is on his case. In desperation, Bonnet blackmails another surgeon, Christopher Lee, into performing the procedure by threatening the life of Janine Dubois, played by Hazel Court, a woman who both men desire. As I say, I don't think I've seen this, and I went into this just not expecting a great deal, because in our mindset, it's like a, a minor hammer horror film. It's Anton Differing, who's, you know, taking the lead role, and we haven't come across him before so far, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, is it just one, that, because people don't talk about this, it's just one of those ones. I ended up quite enjoying it, guys. I mean, Mark, you said you probably haven't seen this yourself, you reckon? No, I've seen it. It's oh, just a right. long time ago, and I kind of remembered it. But I also get it confused with uh, one other film. But I want to talk about other films and TV stuff hmm. where they're basically using the same premise or a very okay. similar premise. So Do you reckon this is one of the first examples of it? Uh, yeah, I can't think of any others. I know it's apparently based on, there was some doctor in in the 20s, I think, called Voronoff, who yeah. became known as the Monkey Gland Doctor. The Monkey yes, Gland Man. Monkey Glands were where a thing, he was they? going yeah. on about transplanting the testicles or the testicular tissue of monkeys into men to keep them younger. And apparently he made a lot of money out of this. But... Sounds like an elaborate excuse for... Uh... <laughs> it sounds like a load of, you know... <laughs> to me. Um, so, uh, and also it's apparently based on a stage play as well, this... this the Man uh, in Half movie. Moon Street, I've just discovered. Yes, and I yes, believe which, there's a which... film called The Man in Half Moon Street. Yeah, didn't it... the yeah, didn't mm, yeah. the yeah. Okay, I didn't... I knew there was a film called that, but I did not connect the two until you get... You said the title. Right, there we yeah. go. Yeah, and, and yeah, Barry, guy, Barry yeah. Lyndon. Is his, is Barry his... Lyndon, who yeah. is... Um, is to, who, that's his pseudonym. Um, who did quite... If you look at his film, or, or at least um, you know, writing for players as well as uh, 
films and, and such like. Quite a good pedigree there with a, a number of things that he ah. did. Um, yes, but, you know, uh, Barry Lyndon, which is... Uh, Barry pseudonym. Lyndon, with an um, accent, yeah. Which is, is taken as pseudonym. Um, <laughs> although it became his uh, real name when he got um, US citizenship, I believe. But, ah. um, but yeah, there's, there's quite a few in there. But this, as uh, Mark has said, does pull on the, the, the trope as far as, you know, which goes back to Frankenstein and it's got a bit of Frankenstein, a bit of Jekyll and Hyde, a bit of Dorian Gray um, mixed in mm. along with it's a regular trope that, you know, scientists wanting to live to forever and having to basically kill other people. But I'm sure Mark's got a lot more um, to, to say on that specifics. So, yeah. Um, Should I talk about it now? Go for it. Oh, yeah, it feels it. like I'm avoiding talking about the film, but I'm not. <laughs> it's just, right, okay. So uh, there's another film which isn't Hammer, uh, mm. but it's uh, very got a very Hammer vibe. It might be an Amicus or Tigon production. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's called. It's got a very unfortunate title. It's called The Asphyx. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, where he basically he by trap he figures out how to trap someone's soul. It's called or some element of them called the asphyx. It's from Greek mythology, I think. It's, it's um, based, based upon a belief that actually was around at a time, um, okay. for a short time. Yeah, some of, of scientists um, on the fringes did actually believe that there was experiments done. It was um, so so it's yeah. based upon a of a theory. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, it's so, uh, it's, it's, true, but it, but it's based on it. a prince, what someone thought was a scientific theory, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, in that one, you can't, they realize this, uh, an outcome of this is you don't die if you trap your own asphyx and keep it trapped. And there's like a nasty, well, what happens if you keep living, right? Uh, yeah. the other one I wanted to mention was, uh, the second TV movie with Kolchak. The first one was The Night Stalker where yeah. he was hunting a vampire. The second one is find, hunting a guy who appears to have been living forever. And it turns out he, that guy is using some extract of glands. Oh, what well, To yeah. every, 17 or 20 years to keep living forever uh, and it's interesting because when culture meets him they go sometimes they go with this thing of like immortals just being bored and disconnected but it is interesting when culture encounters the guy he, he's mad he's just gone mad literally gone mad <laughs> and then the other one i wanted to mention is in the x-files that uh, this is a bit different there's a there's a famous character in the x-files called eugene tombs yes. who's kind of a weird stretchy guy yeah. but he has to kind of feed on some gr- glandular excretion at the point of death uh from an, like five victims or something i can't remember every you know 17 what? years Right. I was going to mention the X-Files because I thought there was a, an X-Files thing, but I didn't think it was Tombs. But yeah, you're right, because yeah. he, he reappears, doesn't he, a couple of times. Yeah, so I think this idea of someone figuring out how to live eternally by basically sucking the life or killing other people is uh, an interesting one. And I think yeah. the premise comes from probably the original play that this was based on. And Stephen yeah. quite rightly pointed out Dorian Gray as well yeah. you know it's a uh, yeah. sort of update yeah, yeah. in the Dorian Gray isn't it Stephen you know? yeah and I, I think the you know with this film I think one of the things that some people might not like about it is that the part, parts where it's a bit more talky there's an exploration of people that are living forever what that does to their own moral compass and their own attachment to yeah. other people and how that impacts them whether they they 
become less feeling towards other people because for their own feelings they separate them from them uh, and that kind of thing and you know it's been a, a trip when you look at stories of people living forever as far as not having that emotional attachment where you basically you know every 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 50 years uh somebody you're in love with you have to go through them dying you know that kind of, of thing i think there's uh recently uh um just a couple of years ago i read the how to stop time by matt haig which is you know again somebody who lives forever and and the pain of seeing people you love die and having to move on and establish a new life so people don't figure out that you're, you're uh, immortal and uh, you have to create that backstory and, and discard one entire life for a new one which to some extent um, this covers. So I think there's a bit more explanation beyond just the uh, murderous scientist uh, thing. There's actually the, the, the moral uh, impact, but um, some people that I think maybe didn't take to that. So, as soon as you said that, I immediately thought of Highlander. Yeah, yeah Highlander's one. <laughs> yeah. When you think about it, vampires are essentially this, right? They feed off people thing. to yeah. live forever. Uh, yeah. There is, I'm not trying to remember, but I think in the original Star Trek series, there was one episode about a planet or something something mm. where they figured out how to stop people dying yes it's very early in season one yeah and i've yeah. got a vague memory of all these people just become watchers of other people because there's no room to do anything yeah but yeah i know the one you mean mate because yeah, i'm sure it was early in season yeah, one so there's probably. lots of explorations throughout there's probably hundreds right of certainly mm. science fiction stories about what happens if you stop dying um, is this and is this just explored different? here is there, yeah no no i mean in principle <laughs> it's the same thing isn't it yeah yeah so does this movie stand out guys in any sort of way i mean does that for example you look at this would you say it's a hammer movie um, just <laughs> it's, I'd say it's a Hammer movie but it's the most am, unhammer of the early Hammer movies um, right and there are other mo- Hammer movies that are a little less hammery than we're used to let's <laughs> <True. laughs> so that one okay but that they uh, but and we'll come to those eventually uh, yeah. but uh, this also suffered from the early Hammer thing of being a bit drawing room drama rather than horror which some of the earlier ones also do yeah very studio based Stephen you said Peter Cushing was up was he taking the lead role in this he was cast he did you know he was um, signed up to do it he begged off ill of, yeah. uh, and they they didn't think the studio didn't think he was genuinely ill they thought he was just making an excuse so they actually threatened to sue him oh, um, right. they, ne- they never followed through with it um, against arguably uh, one or two of their biggest stars so that never came to pass but yes he was originally cast and before then Anton was the second choice and to be perfectly honest I think probably there would have been too many uh, echoes of Frankenstein um, yeah. to, to, I think that would have I think it would have been to this film's detriment having as much as we love Peter Cushing and his great actor and everything, I think it worked better, particularly with, with Anton Deffin's, um, you know, wild eyes, uh, that stare that he has just been fantastic, to be perfectly mm. honest. So I do think it perhaps benefited from, from Peter Cushing. And why he decided not to do it, I don't know. It might have been just because he didn't think he was right for the part. Maybe it, it was uh, a bit too far as far as uh, being a murderer, a bit further than uh, Frankenstein, who who was just taking already dead bodies to an extent. Uh, I don't know, but he didn't uh, mm. end up with um, reprising a leading role opposite Christopher Lee. Yeah, I'm just I'm just wondering if people would 
be more aware of this movie if it was the classic Lee Cushing partnership. And, you know, we'd look back on this and say, oh, you know, it's, it's carrying on from Baskervilles and the, all those, you know, those films that we've been reviewing recently. This tends to be forgotten and overlooked, this one. And I think it shouldn't be because for me, because of the direction, the cinematography, the set design, it, it just screams hammer to me, the color. And it is very sort of drawing room based, as you said, Mark, you know, but at the same time, they make really good use of that. You know, there's only one, one or two sort of outside shots at the beginning with the murder and a couple of other bits. And it is almost stage bound. Yeah. They, yeah. They make, Apart yeah. from a, a big fire uh, yeah. and possibly the opening sequence, which doesn't make any sense to me, I have to say. I um, wonder where that was going. Yeah. Because why, why was that happening? It doesn't tie into the plot or anything yeah. uh, and stuff like that. So, uh, it, yeah, I would say you're quite right. It's the art direction, the costume direction. Terence Fisher, Jimmy Sangster, and and some Jeremy Field. But I have to say, I think this is possibly Terence Fisher's worst film in terms of direction. It just doesn't feel that much like Terence Fisher. It could be a different cinematographer. Was it Asher? Was the best one. Who, Jack who? This is Jack Asher. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, this is Jack mm. Asher, which is surprising, as you well, say. Yeah, I found this all a little flat. But in terms of Hammer look, yeah, you can see it. And see, yeah, that's a Hammer film. But it didn't quite come together for me, personally. Um, I'll tell you who really stood out for me. There wasn't a great deal of supporting cast, as we're going to find out when we get to the Crypt of Fame. But we've got the return of Francis the Wolf, who's always wonderful. The person who stood out for me, and I, I, I sort of secretly fell in love with, in this watching this movie was Hazel Court. I thought. Oh, she's that. magnificent. Yes, yes. Is she great in this? Absolutely. And this was only she only did, ever did I think two Hammer films, and this yeah. was the second one. The first one was Curse of Frankenstein, but she also is quite memorable. Probably the mo- most memorable in in um, the Roger Corman post series, wasn't she? Yeah, she was in yeah. a couple of those, and she really. I mean, her, the way she looks in Mask of the Red Death is. Wonderful. She looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just sort she, of finished, finished this film off for me perfectly that I thought, do you know what? I, I was sort of flagging a bit at one point during, I think this is getting a little bit sluggish, this movie. But I just kept watching because the visuals were really great and, and sort of like Francis the Wolf appears and he's always sort of bombastic and overblown, isn't he? You know? Yeah. And, and it was just that sort of side of things. And Anton Differing, who I only ever associate as playing bloody Nazis. You know, that's all he ever did was playing German officers, uh, in like prisoner of war films films or whatever bit of a revelation for me i think in this. yeah it was good it was good uh, i i think it was i don't think it was the acting was the issue really i think mm. it was the dialogue i think they lifted quite a lot from the play because this sangster usually writes pretty snappy stuff yeah for example the whole monologue about um uh you know overpopulation I, that did not feel like jimmy sangster at all there was nothing wrong with it it was kind of interesting but it didn't feel like something you usually see in a Hammer film. No, Barry um, Lyndon is, is credited as co-writer. I don't right. know if he's still alive at this point or whether they've just credited him because yeah. he was near the source material. Stephen, supporting cast, mate, any sort of standouts for you? Hazel Court, absolutely. I think she added the glamour and, and the lift. You're absolutely right in what you said there. And, you know, certainly, um, what a bust. Um, really, um, that, that, that he manages to carve of a, um, oh, well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Anton, I think, uh, as, you know, as you say, that the main cast are really good. I do think Arnold, uh, Marley, or Malay, who's playing Dr. Weiss, I think he 
brings a, an eccentricity to him that also has humanity and brings in an element that would be what we'd be perhaps expecting somebody to be the voice of reason as it were although maybe he, he does ham up the sort of old um, eccentric accented <laughs> professor it does actually uh, I do think it comes across uh, well but no I think the only thing I would say it's a bit of a like we said with Hound of Basketball about Christopher Lee just being in a quite a staid understated role when he's yeah. more normally a more commanding in his screen <laughs> presence where this is is reserved he's stuck to just having a few stoic lines and refusing to do certain things he doesn't even get to have any jealous boyfriend tirades or anything like this, really. He's, he's just stuck being that respectable gentleman that doesn't really emote, um, mm. which is a bit of a, a waste of a, of a character actor like yeah. he was. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. This is the the least Lee performance of in Hammer as well. That's another uh, issue with the film. Really, he's not used well at all. He gets third billing on the poster, believe mm. it or not, below Differing and, and Hazel Court. Hazel Court gets second billing. Looking at this, point. well. Yeah, she was in it a bit more, I suppose. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's certainly some more of her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently, she was topless in some European cuts, but apparently, that those those um, scenes or, or that scene uh, is is been lost to time. Yeah, because it was cut to get the X certificate, and they say on IMDb that they don't know what the cut was. Oh, okay. Well, it, um, might, it was maybe probably nice that. Oh, yeah, it is yeah. probably that, yeah. Twelve minutes of footage, including dialogue scenes, an anti-hanging protest before the execution, the removal of the scenes showing the now immortalised guinea pig being released from its cage. Yeah, and it was originally oh. shot in Todd AO35 widescreen. It's bizarre. This Interesting. Sort of... I mean, I will have oh. to say, I thought the length was very good. <laughs> 82 <laughs> minutes felt right for this. Uh, I yes. always appreciate an 82-minute film whatever it is <laughs> under 90 minutes we've said this before haven't we under 90 minutes is a, is a perfect perfect viewing time yeah it's not the length it's what you do with it yeah um, uh, here we go here we and, go and <laughs> um no I, I think that considering the way the action was interspersed and it was a lot of wordiness in certain points and as you say that's because it's strongly based upon the play not just based upon the different settings uh, and in indoor settings particularly, but also the the amount of dialogue is in it. I think if they'd gone too much longer, I think it would have made the film drift into being tedium. I think cutting it short, like you said, and making sure that it had the little bits of tension at the right points or bits of action or bits of hazel cut yeah. um, managed to <laughs> managed to just um, bring that round and stop it from drifting but certainly that the timing was spot on I don't yeah. think we've had many over 90 minutes to be honest really no Hammer so don't far. do that no uh, they do start getting longer in places but none of them are particularly bloated ever no that just doesn't isn't a thing okay well while we're talking about the cast it probably is the ideal opportunity to go to the Hall of Fame and into the crypt of fame so Stephen if you want to get your keys ready mate let's take a walk up the path and see who's there Okay, are we going into the Hall of Fame first, sir? 
Uh, can do, yeah, to do it that way. Uh, before we go on, um, mm. I've just noticed, I never saw him, but it says on Wikipedia, Charles Lloyd Pat was in this. Yeah, as a man. As a I man. I didn't see him. His, character is not, his credit is man. <gasps> I didn't just, see him. I, I did, did not see him. Right, Stephen, who do, where do you get your cast list from when you do this? IMDb. So oh, there okay. is somebody on there uncredited that I didn't even notice. There's another one. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. be really surprised. Okay. Is that the Ripper? Yeah. yeah. No, it, yeah. his scene was cut. Ah, before right. Release. Okay, are we he, including It was like a, an attendant or something. He says morgue attendant, yeah. Right, uh, uh, let's include... Oh, well, I'm, I'm leaving this down to you, Stephen, as the custodian, so... Well, did we see... Did you see him? Because I... It, it, I he says it. uncredited, but yeah. He's probably in the cut... He's probably in the cut that the Europeans had. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, probably, well, include him then. All right. It, he probably played one of Hazelcock boobs and, you know. <laughs> I hope not. How disappointed would you be? If, it, if they, if they um, Austin powered it and it just appears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go into the Hall of Fame first, Stephen. Who have we got waiting in the wings or sitting in the seats this week? Right, well, we're in the wings. We've got five people. So we've got uh, Hazel Carr is uh, the most prominent of those. She was previously in Curse of Frankenstein. Yeah. So that's uh, great to have her and uh, unfortunately we won't see much more of her although we saw enough uh, arguably. <laughs> um, she's notable. Ian Hewitson uh, was in Hound of the Baskervilles. Delphi Lawrence who was the other, basically the only other female character in this. Yeah, um, there was anybody else was there? <laughs> she was well. There was a third uh, right at the end um, yeah. in, in page, but Delphi Lawrence was in Bunny Lake is missing, so oh, that was okay. useful. Arnold Merlier was in An Abominable Snowman, and mm-hmm. uh, Frederick Rawlinson was in The Mummy. So there's a, a, a recurring cast of sort of hammer people. It seems absolutely, um, yeah. Thankfully, we've got four people making their debuts as far as actually getting fully into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, there's um, John Harrison uh, who was in uh, Lolita and the Mummy, Dennis Shaw who was in Carry On Regardless and the Mummy, Barry Shaw Zinn who was Nature Member and the Rebel, and uh, Middleton Woods who was in Curse of Frankenstein and Revenge of Frankenstein. Um, so getting their full seats inside the hall, which is nice for them. Five people making their fourth appearance, and that includes Francis Deville, from Russia with Love, Hound of the Basketballs, Scrooge, amongst his uh, previous appearances. Marie Burke, now she's a, a, a character actress that plays in, playing old women uh, <laughs> even when she even when she was I think 20 she was still playing some some <laughs> old woman or witch or something of it so uh, Lavender Hill Mob Legal Gentleman and The Rebel Fred Stroud or Strood which uh, no pronunciation yet mm. used Dan Buster's Night to Remember got one in there um, <laughs> should have a special klaxon for Night we to should remember. have like a uh, something uh, to alert a, sink, yeah. a sinking ship sound or something of it <laughs> yes uh, the world's first single use submarine uh, and the Sweeney, who is uh, who is oh, in it as well. The late um, one, okay. Yeah, yeah Sweeney, exclamation mark. Uh, John Timberlake, Heavens Above, Quatermass Experiment and Night to Remember again. And uh, Lockwood West, Bedazzled, Last Holiday and Private Progress. One person making their fifth appearance, which is Louis Mator. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Night to Remember, uh, Man of the Moment and The Rebel. And then two people making their sixth appearance. Uh, Rennie Cunliffe, make sure I pronounce that correctly. Carry on, Nurse, Inspector Calls, Night to Remember, One Good Turn and Seven Days to Noon. And then the aforementioned uh, Terence Fisher. 
uh, Frank for the uh, Curse of Frankenstein, Jeff for the Hand of the Basketball, Mummy, Revenge of Frankenstein. One person making their eighth appearance, that's uh, Ronald Adam, Carry On Constable, yes. Carry On Regardless, Heavens Above, Lavender Hill Mob, Man Who Never Was, Private Progress and Seven Days to Noon. Go on, uh, there must be more. There's there there, there, be at least one more. There are more, yeah. Um, <laughs> Christopher Lee making his ninth appearance. Nice. Curse of Frankenstein, Dracula, Hound of the Baskervilles, Lolita, Mummy, Private Progress, of the Antarctic and Wicker Man. Obviously, Anthony Nelson Keys, we uh, know basically all the hammers that we've done, uh, mm-hmm. pretty much with uh, only one or two exceptions. That was Abominable Snowman. He's also done Cash in Demand, Curse of Frankenstein, Dracula, Hound of the Baskervilles, Mummy, Quatermass 2, and Revenge of Frankenstein, which leads us on uh, to the other producer, uh, Michael Carreras. Pretty much the same list. Yeah. Abominable Snowman, Cash in Demand, Curse of Frankenstein, Dracula, Hound of the Baskervilles, uh, Mummy, Quatermass 2, Revenge of Frankenstein, and X the Unknown. And then there was Charles Lloyd Pack, we're including him. Um, mm. Curse of the Demon, Dracula, If uh, Last Holiday, Man Who Haunted Himself, Questmaster 2, Revenge of Frankenstein, and Yield to the Night. There's more in that than I was expecting. A lot more. I, I was just thinking you were just going to mention Christopher Lee and a couple of others. It, I thought it was a small cast. There's quite a few there. If we take a journey over to the Crypt of Fame downstairs. Yeah. This is our ninth Hammer movie. Okay, so with regard to just Hammer films only, how do things stand, mate? Right, well, we've got seven people making their second appearances, uh, which is, is quite nice. Uh, Hazel Cart being one of them, as previously mentioned. Uh, yep. Francis DeWolf, previously in Hound of the Baskervilles, again, playing yeah. the same type of character all the time. Exactly the same um, character. <laughs> yeah. John Harrison was in The Mummy. Uh, Ian Hewitson was in Hound of the Baskervilles. Frederick Rawlinson was in The Mummy. Dennis Shaw was in The Mummy. And John Timberlake was in the Quatermass Experiment. Okay. Um, we then got one person actually making their full entry into the crypt, which is Middleton Woods, who was previously in Curse of Frankenstein and Revenge of Frankenstein. Charles Lloyd Pack making his fourth appearance, bless him. Dracula, Quatermass 2, and Revenge of Frankenstein. And then we move on to some bigger names, because we've gone then got uh, Christopher Lee making his fifth appearance, which is now equaling. Uh, Peter Cushing's uh, oh good appearances. okay so maybe that's why Peter Cushing dropped out to make it that Christopher Lee would be able to catch up with him at this point our ratings uh, maybe they were that forward thinking about us reviewing these films so Christopher Lee was in Curse of Frankenstein Dracula Hand of the Basketballs and The Mummy Jimmy Sangster mentioned uh, a stalwart uh, with regards to writing credits and Curse of Frankenstein Dracula Revenge of Frankenstein and X the Unknown Previously spoke about Terence Fisher, obviously. Yep. Curse of Frankenstein, Dracula, Hand of the Basketball, Mummy, Revenge of Frankenstein. And then two people making their eighth appearances because they were the producers, which uh, I've already listed off there. Yep. Which was Michael Carreras and uh, Anthony Nelson Keys. It is a shame we didn't have the Ripper in there because otherwise he would have been um, making his uh, fifth Hammer appearance and uh, also his seventh uh, appearance uh, in uh, the um, yeah. Hall of Fame. No George Bernard, as we said as well. Exactly, yeah. He was a a keener mission. I did think, oh, must be him, and then realised it wasn't. Um, I just googled Middleton Woods because you say it's like third appearance, something like that. I'll have these Middleton Woods. And the first thing that comes up when you Google Middleton Woods, this will appeal to you, Stephen, in particular. Middleton Woods is the largest remaining ancient woodland site in West Yorkshire and is of yes. special importance for nature conservation in Leeds. It's actually a place. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure it's a place uh, I've driven past at some point, Middleton Woods. Um, yeah, it's, up, um, it's up your way, sir. Yeah, it sure. was, it is it near Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> well, no, 
Yeah, somebody should do that, shouldn't they? Do yeah. uh, Sherlock Holmes. But yeah, I mean, I did, I did think about that when um, Middleton Woods uh, been yeah, same as the person uh, Lockwood West. I was just thinking, what's, Lockwood West what's, sounds what's, like what's, what's, this, what's this about people having two surnames and no first name? It's like Elton John, isn't it? And stuff. George Michael. George Michael. Exactly. It's two first. Yeah. Oh. So, so, yeah, for something that I thought was not going to be too taxing for you, mate, unfortunately, there was quite a few people there. Not many inductees as, as you know, we've had in previous weeks, but certainly that the Hammer sort of stalwarts are, are appearing now, and they're names that not particularly familiar with, like Middleton Woods. And, you know, um, we've had Francis DeWolf appearing two in a row, you know, now. So, you know, we're going to start seeing, as well as the Cushings and the Lees, we're going to start seeing these other people creeping in as we yeah. go further down the line Mark's going to testify to that because he's way ahead of us on his yeah, podcast with the Hammers so. yeah it was, it's interesting that I feel this this just lacked maybe one more one more element would have made it feel much more hammering I'm, I'm trying to think it might have been cushioning it or if James yeah. Bernard had done the score or, do you know what I mean it just yeah. felt a bit of, and Christopher Lee's underperformed or I don't know if he was he directed that way or he just wasn't interested I don't yeah. know um, it's, it's a good movie but like you say it's lacking something there's something there that yeah. isn't quite full hammer Okay. But it is Hammer, you know, it is Hammer. Well, let's take a break from the movie, in a way. Get your bingo cards out, chaps. We're going to play <laughs> Bob's Full House of Horror. Okay, for those of you that don't know, Bob's Full House of Horror is our take on bingo, with a hammer twist, shall we say. And over the last (laughs) eight or nine hammer movies, Stephen has designed some bingo cards that sort of get the classic hammer tropes, and some that may appear more frequently than others. And a couple of episodes ago, we noticed that Stephen was racing ahead absolutely storming in front so we came up with a bonus card for whoever was last in the scoring system now as it stands at the moment at the end of the mummy uh let me see scott that's me i was on 26 points mark was on 29 Stephen 32 so as i am in third position i get the bonus card so let's do these in order Stephen, you get card number one this week so have you got it in front of you mate do you want to read have, out what's yeah uh, read out so, what's on your card sir and we'll we'll, we'll decide <laughs> or mark right. will decide, <laughs> mark will decide. <laughs> right so pitchfork villager unfortunately not yeah. um that one we didn't manage to to get out of this one which is a shame uh michael ripper so near but so far what do we do what do we do about that what do no, we do about that no <laughs> he wasn't in it well yeah I, i'm no i'm not that bothered. Uh, he was, but he was cut, wasn't he? So. Yeah, okay. Um, we'll say no, unfortunately, on that one, my yeah, friend. have to do so. However, I feel a bit more confident about the next two. Uh, mad Scientist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, mad, mad, yeah. Mad, mad Scientist, I think that's undeniable. And uh, also Spooky Glow. Yeah, um, I have to say, uh, the Spooky Glow thing... Um, and I'm not disagreeing. It wasn't it was it was in it. It was, but they were kind of trying 
to use lighting or I don't know what to yeah. suggest something was happening to him, which I think must come from the play, right? Must, and they just went with yeah, that. Yeah, because it's the only way they could have it. Because it was a bit bonkers. It? it was a bit bonkers. Uh, but yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the makeup and that in a minute, actually, as well. You know, the transformation towards the end. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. that's worth a, a little conversation. Okay, so Spooky Glow, we're going to say yes to Mad Scientist and Spooky Glow. Okay. Yeah, every time he opened the, uh, the safe, that was, whoa, another point. <laughs> Um, so, uh, unfortunately, Blood Red Eyes, uh, we didn't get that one. Uh, Something happened that... to his eyes, didn't they, guys? Was... Yeah, they just, you know, they became like a, a, a frog that was getting squeezed, really. Um, <laughs> out, um, which is a uh, great accident of him. Uh, right, uh, good blonde, uh, bad brunette. Now, obviously, the first actress um, that she was unfortunately killed off was blonde. Uh, mm. so, but unless you want to turn uh, into Anton himself being uh, a bad brunette then unfortunately I'll probably lose that one uh, sadly Himbo sadly not because Christopher Lee was not an idiot he was actually sought after for his intelligence and and skills so sadly I'll follow that one and Barbara Shelley sadly uh, was not in it she's Um, not going to crop up very often as we've said yeah yeah. she's only in a few she's a bit like Hazel Court or Valerie Gould only in a few they mix and match Madeline Smith's probably more than uh, any any of these I think you know what? I think if Barbara Shelley crops up, that's a five-pointer, I think, because you're just going to be really? lucky, lucky to get that card, I think. That's going to be the, the big... When are we doing Graham S in the pit? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, but who gets the card? Oh, no, she's, yeah, in, a she's yeah. in a few more. Yeah. Rasputin and stuff, yeah. That's true, yeah. yeah. So I make that two points, sir, yes. which is very good as far as Mark and I are concerned. Well, it's um, more than Mark usually gets in fairness. It so. is, actually, yeah. Mark, you've got card number two, sir. What okay, here we two? go. Spooky, spooky coachman. Um, oh. no, 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 no way. Barbara Shelley? No. Uh, no. Mystery monster. Now, it does kind of transform into something monstrous and no one's expecting it, right? So. <laughs> well, then it's got, a push. You, I, it's I, a I push. think you've got Transform Terror on this card as well. So okay, you know, all right. We'll yeah. go with that. All right, forget Mystery Monster. Yeah. Okay. Battle of Street. There's no Battle Definitely of Street. Definitely There's no, no uh, dog in a wig. or You know, there's none of that. <laughs> so, uh, so there's none of that. <laughs> oh, can we, can we include that on a card? <laughs> dog dog in a wig. Just, <laughs> I think just ex- expand out Battle of String to just cover, like, it those was dodgy, uh, very, very obvious dodgy yeah. sound effects. Yeah, uh, yeah I think we have one yeah. with eyes. That was quite amazing. Yeah. yeah we had was... eyes in a, eyes in a, tr- in a, in a tank. In, in a jar yeah, or something, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 yeah, we'll include Battle of string what can be generally dodgy special effects or something but that not in this case not Um, in this case unfortunately no 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 james bernard score no oh Uh, no you missed out on that that's always a shoe in that one yeah no himbo no inventive crucifix there's nothing like there's no clever use i I think you can explain that to be improvisational defense i think we've agreed that as well yeah there's none of that there's none of that uh, and Transform Terror, yes, yes. So, Transform yeah. Terror, we're going to give you there. That's only one point. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew this was going to be sparse this week, but I didn't realise uh, it was going to be this yeah. sparse. Yeah, that's all right. That's all I've right. got the bonus of two cards, so let's see what we've got here. Card three, Plunging Cleavage. That is a yes. definite. Absolutely, yes. that is there. Uh, can I just say <laughs> hallelujah at this point? <laughs> Well, I'm a big fan of Anton as well, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I should get two points for that anyway. Here we go. Um, <laughs> Just because there's two of them. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Anton as well, yes. 
I mean, I mean, two no, girls in it with the cleavages. No, 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 one cleavage. We actually, we actually get a naked breast on the on the bust as well, don't you? As well. so, yeah, we got plenty. Of, um, I, do you know what? I I laughed actually because I knew that I was going to be talking to you, Mark, about this movie, and all I could think of was um, Aphrodite by the waterhole. You know? <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I saw the, the sculptures, so, I'm thinking, I I honestly <laughs> have considered buying Aphrodite for the waterhole and putting it in my garden. Could you imagine? Does somebody actually do a recreation? Of the, the, the <laughs> I think you sculpture? can buy recreations of it. Oh, I think they're small, but you can buy it. And I was I'm, tempted. I'm looking for one for my mantelpiece in there. There you amazing, go. Aphrodite yeah. by the water. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you just say to people, yeah, I did that. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine? I know it's a couple of years before, but can you imagine if, like, somewhere in the background, it was actually there amongst these sculptures collection. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone could do a deep cut of that if they really want. Oh, that would be brilliant. Okay, I'll get a point for plunging cleavage. Deformed the system, we're going to say no. Michael Ripper, we've said no, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Or what did we say? Well, he had a, he had a stroke. Yeah, I was going to say, is, is, does that class or not? Yeah, he had a um, stroke, which means he couldn't use his hand. But I'm not saying he's deformed in that case. So Michael Ripper was in it, but wasn't in it. Thunder and Lightning, I don't think we had any. Nah. Um, Spooky Glow. Did we say yes to Spooky Glow? I can't remember yes. now. Yes. We did, okay. didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, because every time you I, I'm them, desperate yeah. for you to overtake me, honestly, because I think my ba- the bonus card will really play. You're going to tell you what next week is. <laughs> oh, actually, I want to be in last place. So <laughs> let's try and get you some more points. Okay, I'll, I'm doing my best. Good blonde, bad brunette, we're saying no. Mystery Monster, we said no. And James Bernard's score is an obvious no. So nah. I've got two points on that card. Okay. On the bonus card Kensington Gore we had no blood in this as far as I can remember yeah I thought we were going to get some in the opening scene but yeah. there wasn't any was yeah, there it just tame. implied it he said there was some nicely work with a bayonet or a knife or something yeah. Yeah. right your favourite one Mark a jaunty oh, hat oh well done I can't... A jaunty there hat there was hats in this there must have been right <laughs> I'm leaving to you well, they're jaunty though I'm not, I'm not sure they were jaunty though. was well, Hazel Colt wearing one because that is jaunty right but, but, see Mark is the um you know, the definitive, you know, um, I can't even think of the word. Is is the, the man that judge, decides. Judge. Man, yeah, the, thank you. Judge, that's the word I'm looking for. Judicator of jaunty hats. On jaunty hats. The thing is, I can't remember, but basically a jaunty hat is any hat that's worn at a slight angle. But yeah. that includes most women's hats, you see, because almost all women's yeah. hats are worn at an angle. Men's but, not so. Unless you're Peter Cushion, he always wears a jaunty hat, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. An, an yeah. astrakhan coat. Yeah, the, uh, when you've got the astrakhan coat, that makes any hat jaunty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no jaunty. We're saying no uh, to the Was jaunty. Hazel Court not what? Oh, she, I can't uh, think of I don't think she was. I can't she was remember. inside most of the time, and you don't wear hats inside, do you? <laughs> no. Okay, fair. Definitely no fangs. No, no. no pointy yeah. teeth. I'm still thinking about that reception at the beginning where he kicked everyone out early just so he could go drink his stuff yeah he could have just gone and had a drink he could have done back. it without nobody knowing but exactly. I, again i can't think of any hats i'm gonna i'm gonna if i go back and watch it and see hats i'm gonna be mad anyway not to worry okay so we're gonna say there's no pointy teeth harold goodwin wasn't in this one unfortunately no breathing corpses or obvious sort of dead people being alive sort of thing we yeah there that was, was there was the mad lady in the cellar who but now she was yeah i'm gonna claim the point for Hammer Glamour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely taking the point for that. No skeletons or skulls. 
No yeah. bones. No, no. Nothing just, like just that. Just rea- revitalised glands, whatever that means. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what they were talking about. I didn't about. think that was an it's actual thing. thing. It is yeah. an actual thing. They it just is. made that up. No, it is. It does exist. You're joking. I've you just looked up the power... Pill. You can take a blue pill to get a revitalised <laughs> yeah. gland, I think. The parathyroid glands yeah. are in the in your neck. Neck, yeah. Um, we normally have four, which are located at the back of the thyroid gland, apparently. And it secretes the parathyroid hormone in response to low blood calcium. So God knows what this has to do with, like, revitalising youth. But that does exist. I didn't think it did, but it does exist. Apparently. Oh, I knew it existed, but oh. revitalising is what I was talking about. <laughs> what the hell's that? <laughs> Yeah, it's this horrible green liquid as well. What's that, what's that <laughs> stuff he was drinking as well? And finally, we've said this is so stage bound. There was no bar, pub, or inn. Oh, actually, no. When he picks up the prostitute, um, he yes, there was a bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he yeah. in the bar? No, there yeah. was a, a scene in a bar. Um, yes, because, oh, well, um, the girl was going. I'm a working girl, and all yes. that. Yes. Oh, well, I'm taking the point for that. So. <laughs> Over the two cards, I've actually scored the most points this week, which is four, which is pathetic, really. It's, I don't know. It's more than me and Mark to put together. It is. Well, I'm but, just hoping I'm last. Oh, That's all I'm hoping for. You're in for a shock, my friend. Yeah. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Stephen is still in front with 34 points. Yeah. Mark and I, 30 each. Uh, so we Do both we share the, the card? Do yeah, we share the no, card? I think no, we both <laughs> get the cards. That's the rules. The bottom one gets oh, the card. Oh, Stephen, you're in for a fight next week. I'm, I'm in for <laughs> it. I, mean, I think a... I'm going to lose my uh, top ranking next week. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're only four in front. And Mark and I have got the bonus card. And without revealing too much, most of those tropes are probably going to appear. Yeah. Um, certainly a fair few of them. Oh, that's I'm that's live and things. Stance right now. Look, I can believe it. I'm doing it. I'm waving both fists in the air. Yes. Well, it should be more like um, sort of like the Saturday afternoon wrestling tag team. We're going to tag team against him next week. Uh, oh, let's not use that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect Sunday morning entertainment. Uh, <laughs> Back to the movie. We've gone from carry on to confessions now. <laughs> Oh, they're coming up soon as well, our confession series. Oh, God, you're series. not. Oh. We're, 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 oh, we're going to have a bingo card for that as well. <laughs> oh, could we? Absolutely. We'll have to think of a name for it. Yeah, we've decided, Mark, you know, we're not just happy doing the, the carry-on series, the Bond series, the uh, kitchen sinks. We're doing the saucy 70s, but we're going back to the origins before, uh, like the nudie movies, the naturist stuff as well, and all of that before we get to Robin Asquith and all those guys. Yeah. We, we're You're going to get on a register if you Start. We probably will do. We probably will. Is. <laughs> it's, this this seventies DJ radio DJ persona is uh, yeah. If we're, we're going to cover the full gamut of like classic British movies, it has to be discussed. Okay. <laughs> Nah, Lawrence from Arabia. No, come right. on. Let's do, uh, what is it? I don't know. Um, Keeping the British end up. Yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sampling the delights of the British. Get, delving deep in the British countryside. That's all. Absolutely. Overall impressions of this movie. I'm just going to jump in first and say I quite enjoyed it because I wasn't expecting too much as, as a, the briefest of summaries. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I didn't <laughs> feel it was all that. I really, really didn't. It was okay. As one, it, had, it started off unfortunately, but because mm. at the end, no, no, it didn't start. It ended unfortunately because it then hit one of my pet peeves, 
which is when movie titles are not true, right? <laughs> I hate films when the movie title is not true, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, or the, my, the worst one is Krakatoa East of Java, because Krakatoa is directly west of Java. Absolutely. Uh, and this, he Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's it, that fits it as well. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because only one person gets killed with a chainsaw. That's not a massacre. Oh, I, oh, yeah. oh yeah. I'm never going to be uh, enjoy that film again now. I'm <laughs> Um, um, yeah, and this. What else? Uh, I, I kind of. The thing is, the cast was pretty good, apart yeah. from Christopher Lee, which is really surprising. Yeah, I quite like the energy the cast bought, uh, and the art and, and costume design was good, but it just didn't feel more. Than, it just felt like a play, really. And interestingly, I looked up while we were talking earlier. Um, mm. Hands on different did do this role. Uh, from the original play for a, um, a TV, uh, an ABC, an American oh, sort of series. Okay. He actually did this 18 months before, which might be one of the reasons he was cast. There you go. That makes but sense. I think it? looking a bit like Cushion and actually being a decent actor. Yeah. I quite like the scenes where him and the old fella's talking. Yes. Um, I quite like the scene where he's he's talking to Christopher Lee. Though he is carrying that scene. Of course, well, he's got all the dialogue, so he would be yeah. But it just didn't hang together for me, so I thought this was very, a very low tier. That, that's not to say it's terrible. It's like a five out of ten or something for me. Okay, no, that's that's fair. I think, yeah, Stephen, yeah. what about yourself, mate? Did you see this before? Sorry? I had, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is when I um uh, I watched. I think third time. I'm guessing I've seen yeah. it, but not more than that, for okay. sure. But not for quite a while. I think it's a, a, a worthy film to watch. I don't think it's necessarily one that people will go back to as frequently as they would some of the other Hammers, and certainly not one of the ones that would be frequently shown on Talking Pictures TV or, or etc. Um, I think it's perhaps one that would be double-billed with something else yeah. Um, yeah. To, to fill in. It's not a terrible film. It's got um, certainly a number of bits of merit to it. Fortunately, they didn't go long on it, which would have, I think, been a massive attraction as Mark said. It is quite wordy in parts. It does end abruptly. Um very abruptly. And and, and, <laughs> and proved the title to be untrue. And I didn't know that myself. But I think it's still it's it's a respectable uh and worthy hammer, even if it's not top tier. Um, yeah. and the acting as I said, the acting in it is across the board good. The only low points is where somebody wasn't required to do any acting, uh, really. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise no, I mean, you know, it makes you want to Realise that, that Anton did a lot more than just play Nazis. Yes. Um, and, and again, another example of somebody who fled the Nazis, then spent their career playing them, which is a, a sadness for them. But no, I think it's a worthwhile film uh, to watch. It does explore some, some interesting themes uh, in a way about living forever and, and what that would mean, impact that might have upon a person. Although for all it being wordy, it doesn't go too um, heavy on that as a exploration. It does actually still have some action in it. So, and, you know, how can you not enjoy a film that's got Hazel Court in it? Exactly. I mean, that was the highlight for me of this movie. Was was were your two hi- she was your two highlights, was she? But she was my two highlights, and I will probably go back to this movie because of Hazel Court. That's the only reason. And just wanted to point out, I think it's scandalous. The, the Blu-ray of this is over £20. It's, that, that's ridiculous. Isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't mind paying out a fair amount of money for a decent movie or whatever, but something that, as you said, Mark, is quite lower tier, th- this shouldn't be 
top tier pricing you know and, and normally i would buy the blu-ray of the hammers as we're going through and this one i didn't because i'm thinking i'm not paying 20 pounds unfortunately so i ended up downloading a copy but yeah 20 quid for for a blu-ray is, is a little bit it could be uh, because uh, the demand they know the demand will be low so therefore they only printed you know a limited run which costs has high production costs so it could be something like that but there's yeah. no excuse yeah. really no but I mean the copy I saw was pretty good I think I watched it via our Russian friends uh, okay the copy, and, the, and the copy was very very good that I saw so. on a final note gentlemen if you're at a loose end this evening and you fancy a cocktail there is a cocktail called the monkey gland <laughs> um <laughs> For those that want to, want to make it, it, it consists of gin, orange juice, two drops of absinthe, and two drops of grenadine. Enjoy. Thank you. <laughs> I think I think Scott um, got your promotion of, of the monkey gland. I think is what's really um, damaging your Tinder profile. <laughs> I I tried to think what cocktails you're going to bring out when you do the confession series. Honestly. Imagine it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cocktail of the week, chaps. The monkey gland. Okay. Let's take a very brief break because we're going to be back with what we're watching next time. Okay, chaps, next time we've just taken quite a lengthy break trying to work out some dates that were all available. The next hammer we have decided we're going to avoid some of the filler, aren't we, that's sort of the tail end of 59, the beginning of 1960, because they're not strictly hammer horrors or they're very minor sort of movies that we're not going to discuss. We want to hit one of the big guns from 1960. And as Mark has just pointed out to us, even though the title is called The Brides of Dracula, there is no Dracula in this movie. Is that right? Yeah. It's a baron who has inherited the Dracula yeah. curse. It says they had to here. put the name in for the American distribution. There you but, go. Uh, I think. And this is the classic one with Andre Melly, isn't it, as one of the uh, vampiresses or whatever they're called. Yes. Yeah, Peter Cushing's in it as Van Helsing, so that's good. It's Terence Fisher, Anthony Hines. It's his classic you you said it's one of your favorites mark isn't this one it's my favorite hammer dracula film yes by far this one is amazing wow okay i haven't seen this for years Stephen, any memories of this one i do remember seeing it i've got no idea um how many times i've seen it to be perfectly honest but no i've certainly uh seen it and it'll give an opportunity for me to really indulge on the um cast list obviously there's a few on here. I can see Miles Mallison's in there and a few yeah, other. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, when I, when I Washburn and, and yeah. stuff, you know, the Ripper. The Ripper is a coachman. I mean, you know, oh, that's, see the classic. That's, two, that's, that's a two for one on the bingo card, isn't it? Um, mm, nice. We are going to storm this, Mark. We are going to storm this on the bingo <laughs> next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no more leading for you, mate. No, no my uh, contract has uh, finally come to an end. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for being here today, guys. Um, not the best of Hammer movies, but it was okay. I think we'll agree. But, you know, no rush to go back to this. This has been Real Britannia. It's been the Hammer Horror Series. My name's Scott. Thank you to Mark, mate. Thank you. Oh, it was my pleasure. I always like to about Hammer films. <laughs>
Excellent. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure to um, and always good to podcast with uh, Mark and get his hammer <laughs> opinions, his wealth of knowledge. Wonderful. Cheers, guys. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Positive shower. Bon voyage. Good luck. Thank you. British hand up, sir.